I don't know that I ever wanted to be a law enforcement officer. I think it was a calling that I was uh, that came to me at a very young age. Uh, I didn't know what that meant back then. But it was back in, uh, when I was about 13 years old. My sister was kidnapped. And I went missing for several days. Uh, it was a couple of days later she, she was located safely by two officers doing their job. And I remember her saying after the trauma you know, that she went through, I remember her saying, when I saw those guys pull up, that they were in a park. She was in a car and a guy was holding her at night, at knife point. And when she said, when I saw that, that police car, I knew I'd be safe. So I think that part of that, that has been in my brain since a very young age, that I never wanted another family to go through what, what my family went through and is still going through. Um, it, it destroyed us, it really did. I'm so sorry, that's an incredible story. Is it something you think about every day? Try not to. I, I think about how my family didn't have the resources to deal with something so tragic. Even though my sister is alive and she's, you know, I think she's thriving now. But um, I just remember what my, what my mother went, a single mom, went through uh, during that time. And I just, I left at, at the age of 16 uh, because I didn't want, I didn't want to be a statistic. I, I left at a very early age and said, you know, I, I have to do better. I, I've just never considered myself the victim. I know my family was. Uh, it destroyed us. I don't. I still don't have those relationships. I wish I did. But um, but that that's that's my story. So um, that that's the, the hand I was dealt. So now we we move on and we help people in hopes that they don't have to go through the same thing. Do you think that all of that, Sheriff, will? make you a better law enforcement leader? So I think what it does is it brings that level of empathy and compassion to a leadership position that you typically don't, you don't see in leaders. You know, people think you wear a uniform, you have to be hardened, you're hardened, and you can't show emotion. And I, I have never, uh, emotion is what I love. I mean, I, I like to laugh and I like to joke around, um, but when, when people suffer, I. I understand that and I, I, it's almost visceral. You can feel it and, and see it. And so I, I try to um, use my experiences to help them. If nothing else, it makes me a better listener, you know, with the staff here uh, because everyone has their own story. And I, I think it's, you know, as a leader, I should listen. Were there problems you saw in the department? In law enforcement, yes, not not so much in the department. I, I'm not saying that we were perfect, but but yeah, I think um, I think that was very clear over the summer. We as law enforcement are looking in the mirror, saying, "Okay, it wasn't my knee on George Floyd's neck, but it was somebody that looked like me or wore the uniform like me." So we have to take responsibility for it. You know what? I get really really tired of hearing is law enforcement uh, who doesn't agree with that, um, saying, oh, it's just the media blowing this up. Well, it happened. So how can you say it's just the media blowing up? It's still happening. And because it's still happening, that, that tells us we still have work to do. The rights that we've gotten over the years have been founded specifically for women and uh, minorities have been because of protests. So change happens when people step up and speak up and in, in masses. And so I, I listened to that and, uh, and I agreed with that. So that was um, 
partially what, what motivated me to run. You clearly had a message that resonated with voters. What did you say, what did you promise you would do, and what have you already started implementing? So, so you know, my message throughout has been one of building the community back, building the bridges, not the walls, um, and being accountable and transparent to the community we serve. That is what I've pledged to do, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. Day one, I eliminated the 287G agreement with ICE, and to me, uh, as an agency, we were being complicit with racial profiling in our detention center. So to me, that was a, just a step. It's not the only step, but it's a step in starting to build that bridge with our brown communities that have been targeted by those practices. So, and apologizing for that and owning that responsibility and now moving forward to build, build the relationships back in the community. So that's just one example. Um, but that to me was one of the most important steps. Your agency overall looks more diverse. Yes. Talk about that. So that has been my biggest criticism uh, of the agency. When I first came here, um, I saw people that looked like me in positions of authority. Over the years, that I saw that less and less. It became white male dominated. It just was. And I'm, I'm not real sure uh, why that happened. Um, we can only speculate. So it was important for me when I said increase diversity in our, in our four walls so that when people in the community see us, we look like them. So um, day one, when I was sworn in, it was actually before I was sworn in, the, the day before swearing in, I swore in my chief deputy who's an African-American female. She made history as being the first in this agency. I uh, also swore in that same day um, a general counsel who's an African-American. We've never had general counsel here, so she made history. So I keep saying she, and I know that doesn't sound diverse, but um, also swore in an African-American male as a captain, an LGBTQ woman as a captain. And uh, just this Friday, we're, we're, um, we're swearing in another chief deputy of Middle Eastern descent. So that's, that's the diversity at the top. And now we've got to work on really recruiting people um, and bringing those people up in the agency. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let's Talk. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review and subscribe. You can hear my conversations every Sunday as I speak with lawmakers, newsmakers, educators, activists, and folks just like you. I'm Carolyn Murray.